When the game is over, the fun begins. Interviews, highlights, analysis, and your opinion. This is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins, Reed Wilkins on Oilers on Radio. 6.30, Chad. Pass to Line, back to Myers, and he broke a stick on the drive. Has no stick. Pouliot heads it ahead for McDavid. Breakaway, shorthanded. Richter scores! Connor McDavid, second of the night. Pouliot, shorthanded breakaway. Letestu scores! 4-1, two shorties for Edmondson on the same Winnipeg power play. Well, that was the best penalty Zach Cassian ever took. The Oilers scored twice while he was in the penalty box, a minute one apart. Jack Michaels with the call, McDavid and Latestu. That stretched the Oilers' lead from 2-1 to 4-1, and they go on to knock off the Winnipeg Jets 5-2 tonight at Rogers Place. Hey, thanks for joining us. The Oilers now 5-2 in the preseason with one game to go, along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. You can reach us, 780-496-0063, and you can text... 630, 630. Connor McDavid, the new captain of the Oilers, the first star tonight, two goals, and all over the ice, Rob. <laughs> I, I, a little puck luck tonight. He has five, six points. Uh, there was two other great scoring opportunities he had. His line mates, Lucic, Everly had great scoring chances. Uh, he, he was fantastic. And if he's starting to round into form, and this is the form he's going to have come the regular season, it's going to bode well for, for not only Connor but for the entire Oilers team. He was excellent. His line was excellent. They seem to be getting better each and every time they play. The other goal scorers for the Oilers tonight, you heard Latestu's shorthanded marker, Patrick Maroon and Tyler Pitlick scored as well. Two assists for Benoit Pouliot. Latestu had an assist. He had two points as well. Eberle Yakupov. Sekera also hitting the score sheet in a, in a game for the most part controlled by the Oilers. I, I, I thought that, I mean, the, you're down 2 nothing. The Jets started to do what a team down 2 nothing usually would do. And, and I got to hand it to Jonas Gustafsson tonight. I thought he had a good game in net. He, he did. There was, there was a span in the second period. Talbot comes in, gives up the goal uh, on the breakaway. And Winnipeg had life. And there's about five, six minutes where the Winnipeg Jets were pushing. And they got a number of good opportunities. Gustafson stood tall. Uh, it was his best game of the preseason that we've seen. He was excellent. And, and that's good, too, that the Oilers have him coming into form because we don't know when he's going to play again. We assume Talbot will play the final preseason game. And then Talbot will have a nice little run at the beginning of the year. But this will be the last memory that the coaching staff will have of Gustafson before the season starts. They will feel good about him whenever they have to put him in into the lineup and and spell Talbot for, for a game or two. So uh, a good game by Gustafson. And up and down the lineup, it was a good game by the Edmonton Oilers. I'm going to name Gustafson our fourth star of the game. For Missioner Allen Auctioneering, check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. So the stats on the goalies are Gustafson making... 22 saves on 23 shots. If, if you missed this tonight or you're wondering why Talbot was in for 2 minutes and 14 seconds, the blade came off Gustafson's skate at one point, and it wasn't a quick fix, so the Oilers had to put in Talbot. He faced one shot. It was a breakaway by Brandon Tanev, and that was the Jets' first goal of the game. So the, that was one of a couple of unusual plays in this game. Rob, you definitely want to get, build on what you said about it being a good game up and down the lineup, but we should talk again, as we're doing too much in this preseason, 
uh, about another injury. I'm just watching to see if there's any update yet from the Oilers on Drake Kajula, who left the game shortly after he was stopped on a penalty shot in the second period. So, I mean, again, the the, the depth is, is going to be tested far quicker and perhaps far more severely than we would have thought. Well, I mean, that's, that's three players that look like could have started the season here in Hendricks, Kajula, and, and Pakarenen. And now you're starting to look down, and the cupboard's getting a little bare. The Kajula one was was a weird one. He gets a, break, a wonderful play shorthanded, puts himself in on a breakaway, gets hauled down, goes in on the penalty shot. Unfortunately, is stopped in the penalty shot, stays on the ice for the faceoff in the offensive zone, still shorthanded. As soon as the puck was dropped, he turned and skated straight to the bench, called the trainer down. And you could see him on the bench lifting his knee up. And it, it's, I've been, I've, I've heard this before. It's a hip flexor is what it looked like from where way, way up high. And that's just the movement you do to show the, the, the trainer that that's what it is. And, and you think that he, he seemed all right and everything. all of, But you look back to when he gets dragged down. It was awkward because he kind of fell back on the play. Maybe that's when it happens. Maybe it's just a twinge and they want to keep him out so it doesn't become a full pull, full tear, or whatever it is. It is too bad because the kid was playing well. He was creating every time he was out there. And, it, and from what I've seen through the preseason, October 12th, he was going to be starting. And he was going to allow the Oilers and Todd McClellan to decide where they put Dreisaitl because he's forced himself onto this team. Hopefully it's nothing major. Once again, injuries, the focus of our adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all. Feel better move better, live better. With help from your chiropractor, visit albertachiro.com. There was another member of the Edmonton Oilers who briefly left the game with an injury, and I just saw some tweets here from the Oilers' account that Todd McClellan saying a puck that came into the bench hit him on the not-so-funny bone, so he got looked at. I'm thinking seven last seven, eight minutes of the second yeah, period. It was, it, was, it was an Ilyakopov shot that went onto the bench, and I, I, I thought it hit the boards first and then deflected and hit him, but you could see him on the bench. He was trying to stay he was he's moving his arm he's going up and down the the, the bench and anybody that's been hit on the funny phone and, and he, normally it's just you just bang it on the a chair or you bang it on a wall and it just sends a pain right through you and you just can't can't get it right for a while but when it's a puck coming at you about 75 to 85 miles an hour i imagine it's a little bit worse so he left for the last seven eight minutes he was back out for the third period so i guess the he, he overcame quickly. He's, he's tough. Toughest coach in the league. <laughs> there you go. All right. Tell you what, Connor McDavid, brilliant tonight. Scored 5-16 into the game. Scored shorthanded in the third period. Had numerous other chances. His postgame comments for GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine parts at wholesale prices. So, um, no, definitely was a good win for us. Your first game in Rogers as well? Or, uh, like that as well. Yeah, it was good. Um, you know, definitely uh, I've missed playing in front of the Oilers fans over the summer. It's always a fun time and um, to do that in the new rink and um, the most beautiful new rink is uh, made even better. You guys wanted to put a bit of a focus on special teams maybe in these last few games. Is that a big step forward? Yeah, that was a good step for us. Um, anytime you can, you can go 100% on the kill and um, you know, even score a couple shorthand goals, and I think we had two on the power play. I think uh, you know, it's always a step in the right direction for us, uh, you know, in the special teams area. You were getting some penalty killing time. I know, I mean, you're not a stranger to it, but doing it at this level, is it something that you, you want to do more of and are comfortable with? Yeah, 100%. Um, I definitely, uh, definitely enjoy it. Um, 
you know, something that I have to work on as well. Um, out there, I got uh, caught in a few awkward positions, and um, I got to I got to work through that. So, um, definitely enjoy killing, and, and it's something I hope to do a little bit more. This point now, a couple games with Lucic and Eberle. I mean, obviously you're familiar with Eberle, but how's it going with Lucic on that line? That's good. Um, you know, we're, we're getting a bunch of chances, and well, that's all that matters. So, um, so maybe we're just saving them for when they count. Uh, that's what we're hoping for. So, um, you know, definitely, uh, definitely doing some good things, and, and um, you know, feeling more and more comfortable as, uh, as the game's going. Read that's Connor McDavid. Thanks, Brendan. Brendan Ulrich in the Oilers' dressing room tonight. 5-2 win for Edmonton over the Winnipeg Jets. These two teams played last Friday. It was 5-1 for Winnipeg. The Jets had four power play goals. Well, tonight, the Oilers win 5-2. The Jets go 0-6 on the power play and allow two shorthanded goals. Edmonton goes 2-3 with the man advantage. So, I mean, two huge special teams decisions involving these two clubs. And what a weapon Connor McDavid's going to become if, if they start throwing him out on the PK every once in a while. Most teams in the NHL, or maybe not most, a lot of teams in the NHL throw a forward back on the, the power play. And they go four forwards, one defenseman. Now you got a Connor McDavid with his speed, and we saw that tonight. If someone breaks a stick, if a puck bounces, Connor McDavid's got the advantage of seeing the, the, where the puck is going. The defender has to turn; they're not going to catch him. Connor McDavid goes in on a breakaway, and what I loved about the breakaway on, with Connor McDavid on that time is he shot the puck. You know, a lot of time he has is the one move where he comes back and brings it back around, tries to go around the goalie's pads with his forehand. Connor McDavid, and I'm, I'm not one to tell Connor McDavid how to score goals. I think he's going to do pretty well himself. But if he starts putting a shot in his repertoire on the on a on a breakaway, he's going to find success. He's coming in so fast. That goaltender is backing up so quickly that when he shoots the puck, the goalie's not going to be set. He is going to score a ton of goals that way. Great shot on the penalty kill. And I tell you, I don't know if you use Connor McDavid all the time on the kill, but if you need a goal and you throw him out there, there's going to be an opportunity at some point where the puck bounces his way and he'll take advantage of it. Look, you scored 190 goals in the NHL. McDavid's only scored 16. So I think you can tell him, wrong. <laughs> I want to know how many seasons Until a couple years when yeah. he passes. <laughs> how many seasons is it going to take to get that many? Uh, Rob Brown, Reed Wilkins with you. Overtime open line for the Canadian Brew House. We're camped out in the Terry Peranich team broadcast center. 5-2, the Oilers win it tonight over the Winnipeg Jets. You can text 630-630. Travis in Sylvan Lake, he says... Well, Rob, you'll know something about this. He goes, I'm curious on how the decision process goes for injured players on the bench. Does the player decide he's well enough or not to play, or does the training staff make the call? Uh, it's a good question. Um, I think it's the the, tr- the player will talk to the trainer, tell him what's wrong. The trainer will discuss with the coach, and then the coach will want to know, is this something that can be hurt worse? Mm-hmm. If it can be hurt worse, well, okay, let's look at the situation. We're in an exhibition game. He's done. Uh, if this is something that he's just got to deal with pain, well, then as long as the player can deal with the pain and it's not going to make it any worse, well, deal with the pain, suck it up, and get back out there. But if there's a chance, and the trainer also will have a good idea, he'll say to the coach, you know what, this is something, you know, if he goes out, he can make this worse, and all of a sudden, instead of just a twinge, this could turn into yeah. a two- to three-week thing. I My suggestion to you, coach, is he does not play anymore, and then between the trainer and the coach, they'll decide. And clearly in the preseason, we've seen some Oilers 
in, not injured that badly in games who they immediately said were day-to-day. And I know it's it's a big what-if. You don't like to speculate too much about about injuries. I mean, if, if the Oilers are in the heat of uh, competing for a spot or something like that, could have Patrick Maroon come back if there was a game the next day There's, after? You know, like, yes. you, I mean, so it's you got to weigh in all that. Cause certainly in the preseason, I think they're going to say, you know what, you're on the team. You, don't, big, you have nothing to prove by playing. Big difference between a playoff hockey game and an exhibition hockey game and whether or not a player stays in. Yeah, that's a text to 630-630. You can also give us a call, 780-496-0063. Okay, let's go back downstairs here at Rogers Place, the head coach of your victorious Oilers, Todd McClellan. Sore, but good. <laughs> Much better after a win. It looked like you were uh, biting down on that pretty good. Like it, was, it looked like it was... Yeah, it's uh, the not-so-funny bone. Um, just got a puck there, I'm fine. What about Drake and Julian after? No, he, uh, on his breakaway, got twisted up and um, lower body injury is what I've been told. And uh, we'll see how he is in the morning. In terms of trying to sort out special teams before the regular season, view that as a pretty positive step forward? Yeah, it was better. We we were able to use a power play unit or two that will be together for the first time. Uh, we spent a lot of time working on that, so it was good to see them get a couple. Uh, the penalty still, get, still got tested a lot tonight. Uh, we scrambled around. I think there's a an area of improvement that has to happen in that in that special teams, but uh, to get a couple shorties is nice as well. Do you want to see Connor there a lot? Well, you know what? The best players in the league penalty kill now. Um, hey, you look at every team, Jonathan Taves kills, Sidney Crosby, Ryan Getzlav's killing, um, Joe Pavelski kills, so there's risk in it, but um, that's what you have in this game. So Connor's going to kill this year, Nuge will kill, Benny Pouliot's going to kill. Um, so we'll uh, we'll take it as it comes. Do they have any different marching orders in terms of getting in front of shots? Like does, does Connor need to be cognizant of that at all, given his value offensively? Well, I bet you Connor will be the first one to tell you that if he's out there, he wants to play the right way. And your captain needs to do that. So uh, am I pulling him aside and saying, hey, don't ever get in the shooting lane? No. He's going to have to play, and he's going to have to play hard in every situation. Uh, that's what you do when you lead. And... Um, Everybody else has to follow, and um, you know, is it a is it a perfect scenario where you play injury free? No, but that's that's the game. Did you like the way Poole playing? I thought Poole's been getting better throughout camp. I was disappointed in him early, and he's got better as uh, as camp has gone on. He's got uh, some regular line mates now, and and uh, he was really engaged in the game tonight. I think because of all his penalty killing minutes, uh, but he's a valuable, very valuable player to our team when he's really going. I'm sorry? Good game for Gus. Very good game for Gus. Um, you know, he made, it was sporadic. He had to make some real good saves, and then it, it went away from him for a while, and then penalty kill. And, uh, but uh, a good night for him. Strange night for him, too, with the skate. Have you seen that before? No, he had to, you know, I've seen players, skaters, lose their blade, but never a goalie. And, and then to have to, uh, to change and put new skates on and get the pads back on, it's not an easy thing. Tyler Pitlick, somebody who's been pushing for a job, another solid game, but use him a lot on the penalty kill, and if he's going to make his team, that's obviously a role he's going to have to play. Definitely. Um, but Tyler played the straight lines. He was physical again tonight. Um, you know, obviously, a goal is, is a feather in his cap, but uh, the penalty kill part of it, I think he'll get more accustomed to uh, the way we want to do it and be able to read off uh, maybe a common penalty kill partner, which he doesn't have right now, but... Uh, 
he's just been getting better and better. He's doing everything he can to make the team. You talked the other day about Nail needing to find some line mates, some guys, you know, find some chemistry. What have you thought of his last two games? He's played with a couple. Yeah, Yak is. He's got better the last two games. I think he's been dangerous. He's been responsible all over, all over the rink. You know, unfortunately, with Drake going down uh, midway through the game, there goes Yak's common line mates again, and it was a scramble after that. But um, you know, he's a very talented player that that has a tremendous amount of skill, and uh, when he does find those line mates and and gets going, we'll be uh, we'll have a real good player. Just back to Connor, obviously, he didn't miss a beat putting that Seattle's jersey on. None didn't expect him to. Uh, we talked about him staying inside his skin and not changing who he was just because he had a, a C on his jersey. Um, did a very good job tonight. That whole line was, was dangerous. Didn't play much in the third period, but they were uh, dangerous in the first two. So you call yours after I'm sorry? No, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. You don't ask me tomorrow. First question, are you? Okay. Yes, yeah, he's really are. You've seen him now for a few games. Uh, what are you seeing progression-wise or maybe staying? Getting more aggressive in the game, around the puck more. Um, when it's on his tape, he has more of an attacking mentality rather than kind of playing with it and seeing what would happen. He's getting some shots off, um, feeling more and more comfortable. Um, you know, he may be a guy that plays uh, a better game when it's more organized, um, if that makes any sense. Uh, as, as lineups get more solidified, the game is a little more organized, there's more structure in it. He may, he may even be a better player in that situation. Thanks, Todd. Oilers head coach Todd McClellan, that's for GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine parts at wholesale prices. He's okay after being hit by the puck that came into the bench. Drake Kajula, lower body issue. Rob thinks it was a, a hip issue, and uh, I guess he'll be looked at again tomorrow. So, so hopefully that's not... Hopefully that's a good sign that it's not serious, Rob, because remember with Packer in and Hendricks right after both games, he said it's weeks. So hopefully it's something very short-term for Kajula. It, it, to me, it looked it looked muscle. It looked something that he pulled, and hopefully it's precautionary. Um, hip, flex, hip flexors, if that's what it is, it's, it's hip flexor or groin. It's one of the two. And to me, from where the way he was lifting, it looked like a hip flexor. They're, they're a pain. Uh, literally a pain. They um, and it, it's just rest. You just have to rest it and allow it to, to heal. Um, there's six days before the opener, depending on what he did, whether how bad it is. Hopefully, it's something that'll be done in a day or two. It'll heal itself and he'll be able to start. Because I honestly believe what he's shown in preseason, he was a lock to be playing uh, next Wednesday in, in the season opener. I hope that this doesn't set him back. Oilers win 5-2 over the Jets. McDavid gets two. We'll keep rolling with the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Parandich Team Broadcast Center on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. And the Jets go to work on the cycle. Bufflin wanders down low, turns, fires, and a lunging Gustafson makes the save. What a stop by Gustafson. Lunge toward the far post almost blindly, knowing he was out of position, and somehow got his body in front of that Dustin Bufflin wraparound. Gustafson, very good tonight for the Oilers. 22 saves. He's the winning goaltender. The Oilers beat the Winnipeg Jets 5-2. Connor McDavid scored twice. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for joining us. It's 1024-780-496-0063. We have our old buddy Chris from Phoenix on the line tonight. Hey, Chris. Hey, what's up, guys? Just chilling. Uh, just 
welcome. I just want to welcome back uh, Rob. Rob back to the show. Uh, I can't wait to uh, get the regular season going. I love his insight. Uh, he's got a lot of great, uh, great kind of behind the uh, the scenes insight on uh, some of these players and, and what it's like to be uh, an NHL player. And uh, I'm excited. Uh, there's a couple question marks that I have. I'm, I'm not sold on Gustafson, even though he had a great game tonight. But I'm just, I'm just not sold on him. Uh, same thing with. Uh, I think we're still uh, lacking one, one more uh, right shot defenseman. Um, I thought Griba had a great, uh, a good game again. Uh, he should be a lock for uh, for our uh, guys to sign him. I feel I feel really bad for uh, for Yakupov, and uh, I, I hate to kind of to get on him, but uh, he's I think he's on a short leash right now. I think uh, I think the days are numbered. Uh, there's there's no way he can make the top crack the top nine, um, and he's not a bottom he's not a bottom pairing uh, bottom uh, a fourth line player. Uh, especially with uh, Tyler Pitlick, and I always pull for Tyler Pitlick because uh, he always seems to have a good training camp, and then he gets injured. Uh, and, and this year he's having a great one, and then looks like Cassian is too. Uh, good to hear that uh, Kajula is not uh, seriously hurt. And Pat Maroon, man, did we ever get a get a steal from him? Like one point, what are we paying him? One and a quarter million, and, and Anaheim's paying like the other half or whatever, and, and he could literally put up probably 25 goals this year, the way he's playing. Yeah, Chris, yeah, Chris thanks a lot for calling. I, I'm glad you brought up Patrick Maroon, because I, I know Rob, you wanted to, to talk about Maroon's contribution tonight. Well, and couple of games. Yeah, he's been very good. And he's a guy, too, that we, we, we saw last year. He can play anywhere in your lineup. He was very good last year with McDavid, and had we not signed Lucic in the offseason, probably would have started the season playing with Connor McDavid. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you know, if a Pouliot starts slow, and he had a much better game tonight, but as Tom McClellan talked about, he had started slow in training camp uh, in preseason. Maroon could have gone up and played with a Nugent Hopkins on their second line with a dry settle or, or whoever. So Maroon's been excellent. You talked about Gustafson. I know it's a small sample size tonight's game. There's a reason he's a backup goaltender now. He hasn't been able to, to be consistent enough in his starts. Uh, the Oilers have a very good young goaltender, Brassois, who eventually will be, whether he's the starter or the backer, he will be an NHL player here with Edmonton for a long time. Gustafson is the stopgap for that. He needs to get the Oilers through the season. They need quality starts out of him. And hopefully tonight is a, a step in the right direction. Maybe uh, a good backup is what he could become. Tyler Pitlick, I agree with you. He's had an excellent training camp again. If he stays healthy, he will start the year in the National Hockey League, and deservedly so. Yakupov, right now he said he's on a short leash. Well, his leash has gotten a lot longer with the number of injuries that the Oilers have had. And honestly, unless some of these players come back from injury before the start of the season, I don't see how he cannot start the year. The Oilers do not have near enough depth for him to fall off the, the chart right now because Kajula, Prestige, Hendricks, and a, possibly a, a Packer in and all could have been in the starting lineup and possibly now none of them are. So Yakupov's uh, has been okay the last couple of games. Still not where they want him to be and I'm sure still not where he wants to be. He wants to be a goal scorer in this league and still has uh, got the goose egg here going through preseason. The I Oilers, think I covered them all. Did we cover all the I stuff? I think that was pretty good. The Oilers win it 5-2 tonight over the Winnipeg Jets. We'll have more to cover, some texts I want to get to. Lines are open at 780-496-0063. It's the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre. 
get around Sekro, but he made the steal. Off to Everly, drop pass. McDavid loads, fires, and scores. one nothing Edmonton, power play goal. Connor McDavid from Jordan Everly, but it started with a steal by Sekro. That got the Oilers rolling. A goal just 5-16 into the game. They would score twice with the power play, twice shorthanded on the same penalty kill. McDavid and Latestu both getting breaks, and the Oilers win at 5-2 over the Winnipeg Jets. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. You can text us at 630-630. Shane says, hey, guys, really surprised with Matt Benning. Any chance he makes it? Also, another disappointing night by Reinhardt. I'm guessing he gets sent down tomorrow that is a text from Shane uh, I would have said uh, all along that there would be no chance of, of Benning making the team and nothing against him as a player I just thought that he would probably need some seasoning in the minors and I, I am sure that's what the Oilers expected too having watched him play throughout preseason and seen how well he has played I it's probably there's more of a possibility now him starting. I, I, I mean, I, I would be shocked, but he, I think his play has shocked a lot of people too. How well and he's played, how comfortable he looks out there, how calm he is. Uh, he's got the advantage of being a right-handed shot. He's he moves the puck well. He thinks the game very well. He comes from a, a, a very hockey, high hockey IQ family with uncles and fathers who've played in the National Hockey League. So I. At the beginning of the preseason, I would have said it would have been, I would have given it very, very, very little chance. Now I, I would not be shocked because he, he has been excellent. And, and the players that he was competing against, and actually I don't even think he was competing against, I think the players that were competing ahead of him ha- have struggled. And tonight, Reinhardt and Greiba played together and were not, they weren't strong. I know that Bob thought Greiba played pretty good. There were... I mean, the one goal, his guy walked right by him and on a breakaway, so... Uh, two penalties. Two penalties, yeah. So, I mean, Benning has been excellent. Uh, Reinhardt, again, struggled a bit tonight, and it's going to be interesting to see what the Oilers do if they go with way off the board here yep. and give Benning a chance here to start the season. That would be it, because I saw him in Peg Ticton, and I thought, okay, a lot of potential, mm-hmm. composure, smarts, you know, decent puck handling, little yeah. bit of meanness when it's necessary. I mean, he doesn't... He's not going to start killing guys. No. But, but, yeah, I'm now, is Benning making the team or is other are other guys not making it? And that's not always a great situation. No, but, but, uh, but honestly, if you take away where he played and the fact they signed him and all that. Right, if you just, didn't know just anything didn't know about, anything, about yeah. it. And you watched him play, you're like, oh, yeah, that guy's a, an NHL player. Yeah, fair and, enough. And, and the, the thing that, uh, he, that I like about Benning, he's a very intelligent player. He knows his strengths and he knows his weaknesses and he knows what kind of player he is and he stays within that and a lot of young players don't a lot of players think they are something that they're not Benning knows what he is and he plays that style of hockey and it suits the others very well because he's a guy that's smart and gets the puck to the players that he knows can do something with it 5-2 Oilers over the Jets we want to go down to the Winnipeg dressing room their head coach is Paul Maurice Paul, can you take us to the third period, I guess, where they had the couple of shorthanded goals, just what you saw on those plays? A couple of shorthanded goals. Uh, broke a stick on the one and uh, tried to force a pass on the breakout on the other. They kind of just have the advantage on you, kind of speed-wise here, for a lot of the game tonight? Yeah, they were quicker than we were tonight. Yeah. Any reason why? They skated faster. <laughs> I know you got. I know you got a job to do and a story to tell. 
Good luck with that. <laughs> matter of being ready for the regular season at home, is that point of the camp where you kind of need to get down to those numbers and get ready? For uh, there was value here today. I, I saw... I, I'm not spending a whole lot of time concerned about some of the things that you don't like in that game, but there were two or three players I thought that were pretty good that sure. did things. No, God, no. Um, there were things that they did that, uh, that lead me to believe that they can read at a higher pace game, and that's what you're worried about, right? The first four or five exhibition games are really slow. So now you're looking for guys that can mentally process and a little bit of execution at a higher rate. So there were some, some young guys that did it. Feel like there's some more clarity in that those decisions for the last few spots on the periphery. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Would you concede that that uh, Tana was rewarded for what's been a pretty good camp with the goal tonight? He's played very, very well, but not unlike the four games he played for us at the end of last year. He's come in and played the exact same game every time he's touched the ice. He looks a little stronger, a little faster now after a real good summer of training. But he's had an excellent camp. That is. Winnipeg Jets head coach Paul Maurice. The Oilers <laughs> skated faster, hence were quicker. <laughs> that was funny. Why did? Why were they faster? Well, why do they skate quicker? Because they're faster. I mean, it's got to be tough. Your coach, your team didn't play well. You lose the game, and then you have to answer questions. And yeah. it's and, and and some days it's fun answering questions, but as it goes on and on, and you're frustrated about what you saw on the ice, you're frustrated about what some of your players did and then you get questions asked and you're like okay i don't want to be here can we get this over as quick as possible okay i don't like that question i'm going to tell you i don't like but it was funny well and i've been there on the other side of it too where i've heard a question come out of my mouth and i've either thought oh i I didn't phrase that the way i wanted or i thought oh man i asked a really simple yes no question and he's just going to answer you and sometimes you have got the yes or no and they look away from you and then sometimes you've got a really thoughtful answer so I mean that's just <laughs> just part of the the, the uh, media player coach relationship uh, sometime. 780-496-0063 the text line is 630-630 I want to catch up on a couple here. Scott wrote in he says you guys are talking about Kajula making it tough on where Drysettle would go after last year's performance has Drysettle not proven himself as the number two center. I found that he was more physical and all around grittier than Nugent Hopkins, what do you guys think? I'll just quickly say, I thought Dreisaitl was really good along the boards tonight, but he, Scott's asking a bigger picture question. Uh, I, I believe that Dreisaitl's the number two center, absolutely. And if if they make three centermen, then to me, Dreisaitl is your second centerman, and Nugent Hopkins becomes a third-line uh, centerman that you put you can put out against the other team's top lines as a defensive type player with some very good offensive upside. But I agree. I, I believe Drysaddle was excellent last year. What we're saying of Drysaddle moving to the wing, I think that's where I would have him. I think Nugent Hopkins is a very good distributor of the puck. I think he and Drysaddle think the games very, uh, very much alike. Drysaddle has the advantage of the size. He can take the pounding. He can make plays with guys hanging on him because he's physically strong and going to get stronger as he continues to, to, to grow into his body. And I could see him being a winger and be very, very effective playing with Nugent Hopkins. That's why when we say Kajula makes it easier for for Todd McClellan to do that because now you don't have to worry about make splitting the three of them up and having three centers. You can combine a dry settle in Nugent Hopkins, and then you don't have to worry about who you're calling two or who you're calling three. Plus, uh, me, me personally, I don't think the others are deep enough on the wings to have three scoring lines. I just think that it would be better to get 
the top six, have them as your top two lines, and then worry about your bottom six a different way. Oilers win 5-2 over the Jets. McDavid with two, one on the power play, one shorthanded. Letestu scored shorthanded. Maroon on the power play. Pitlick at even strength for Edmonton. Little and Tanev scored for the Jets. We have Alex on hold. Alex, thanks a lot for calling. What's on your mind? Thanks for having me on. Um, <laughs> I just uh, watched uh, half the game there, and uh, but you know I'm frightened, guys, because if if I see Griba and Shane and the Edmonton Oilers lineup in one game this year, it's going to remind me of last year. The only thing we need though is Nikitin and Ferris, and here we go again. I I don't know, man. I, I don't think I can handle that. I don't think Larson is enough to offset those two guys. So I am cheering for Bennett and anyone else. Uh, just your thoughts on that, guys. Well, I think one of Greiber or Fane will be in the lineup next Wednesday, personally. Uh, I, I agree. I mean, you're going to have Clefbaum and, and, and Larson together. You're going to have Sekera and Davidson possibly together. Or Nurse and Davidson or together. Nurse, and then you'll have Nurse. Like you'll have two lefties together, probably. Yeah, and then you're going to have your, your other options are going to be Nurse, Greiber, Fane, and possibly Benning. But it's probably going to be Nurse. And my guess, well, actually, I need Fane or Griba, one of those two. Yeah. So yeah, one I. Yeah, sorry, I, Alex. Well, I think <laughs> he may be calling us next I Wednesday. I think but one of them will be in the lineup next next week. I do. Yeah. You know, maybe, hopefully playing less than they did last year. Yeah, I because mean, Larson's gonna. You know, I, I thought Larson and Clefbaum were solid together again yes. tonight. Twenty-one forty-eight for Larson. Twenty-three oh five for. Clefbaum. Yeah, I, they were they were very good. Davidson very is going to be is going to be good. We saw that all last year. Secker I thought was solid again tonight too. And if you have him in your second pair, and I think that becomes a much more effective role for Sekera. Now he doesn't have to worry about playing against the top players. You've got two guys that are going to do it. It's going to be interesting though in the next few days what they do with Griba because Griba isn't signed, and yep. they got to make a decision. Uh, is this a guy that we want? Is our six or seven, more or less the seven that can be thrown in there at spot duty. Uh, and if they do that, then, you know, a bending is gone down to the minors. An Osterley probably not going to be here as well because you're going to have, you still have Fane in the mix. So uh, they've got to decide. And I guess in the next couple of days, we'll figure out what what happens and who will be playing on Wednesday by the fact if they either sign him or release him from his PTO. KP texting in. I just want to quickly get to this. He says, I know it's preseason, but an interesting stat. The Oilers are plus 47 in shot differential. So that is an interesting one. i got to admit, KP, I've not been tracking the shot differential in the preseason. <laughs> I, I will just say this. The Oilers allowed, I think it was just under 31 shots a game last season. If you look at it as they have to allow one fewer shot, one less shot per period. Three shots a game, around 240 shots a year. If Talbot has the same save percentage, around 915, 917, that that's 20 to 30 goals a year, depending on how it exactly rounds off, right? So, you're, looking a guy, at, a guy you're like, saying right and looking at me like I can do that. Well, I've talked, about this I've, talk, I've, I've talked about this <laughs> before on Inside Sports, but so, I mean, that's a, a very simple way to look at it, but you hope a presence of, of Larson and Clef Bomp together, maybe you shave some of the shots against off and some of the good scoring chances against off. Uh, and it's great that they're, they're plus that much in the preseason for, for shots for and against, but you, you've got to temper 
for the, the oh, enthusiasm sure. yep. a little bit because tonight's the first time that the Oilers played a team that had more than half the regulars in the lineup. The Oilers have played against a bunch of, uh, of very uh, subpar teams here in the preseason. Uh, so they should have a better plus-minus in its shots for and against. They have. Hopefully that will continue going uh, when this, they start playing against teams with their full lineups. Tonight was the probably the best team that they played yep. by far. And the Oilers, during the game, were the better team by far. Oilers win 5-2. You'll hear from winning goaltender Jonas Gustafsson when we get back to the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre. It's Overtime Open Line, presented by the Canadian Brewhouse. Live from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre, this is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Brilliant game tonight by the new Oilers. Captain Connor McDavid scores twice as the Oilers knock off the Winnipeg Jets 5-2. Good outing in net by Jonas Gustafsson. Here he is. Tried to cut it, cut the cut the rim there and put it back to the corner, but uh, like I said, I didn't see him and I tried to work my way back to the to the net and uh, luckily it didn't go in. How did you think you played tonight? You were much much better tonight than you were in Vancouver. Really good tonight. Well, I mean, that's always how it is. You know, we always get uh, get judged by by goals and stuff like that. But after a game, you always you know. You look at the video and you go through all the situations and sometimes you you feel good but uh, you don't get the score and sometimes it's the, the opposite. But uh, if I'm talking about tonight, I, I felt pretty good. I felt like I got a few shots early on and uh, we tried to, you know, get into, you know, all my habits and, uh, and work from there. Thank you. Uh, jumped in late here. Just what happened with the, the skate there that made you leave the game? Uh, it was just a shot that hit the steel, and the steel just came right off. Uh, that's the first time it happens for me, but uh, you know, so I had to go get off and uh, uh, have the equipment guy work on it a little bit. So. Thanks, Jonas. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks, Brendan. Brendan Ulrich in the Oilers' room tonight. Talked about Gustafson a bit more earlier. Had a really good game. Looked comfortable. Got beat on a uh, one-timer late in the game. The other goal was allowed by uh, Cam Talbot. He had to go in while Gustafson got that skate blade repaired. Uh, up front, Rob, let me ask you this. Now, they may there may be room for both of them because, unfortunately, there's been some injuries up front. But Tyler Pitlick or Anton Slepyshev has is one ahead of the other, do you think, right now, if they're fighting for one spot? To me, Pitlick's ahead because of the role that they need him to play. Uh, Pitlick is a fourth-line type of guy that could at some point maybe move up as a third-line guy, but he's an energy player, penalty killer. They need him to be physical, get in hard on the forecheck, and that's the type of player he is. That's the type of player that the Oilers need. Slepyshev, to me, has played well in the preseason, uh, probably a little more offensive upside. Uh, than Pitlick and could be a guy that if they actually did go with the three centerman rotation, if they split all three centermen up, maybe he could be a guy that could play on your right side on one of those lines because he's got uh, a little more, a little better nose around the net. But for what the Oilers need and what these two players can bring, I think Pitlick has a leg up and I believe Pitlick will play on the fourth line with Letestu and Cassian. Uh, on October 12th, and I thought that line, when they were the line tonight, were excellent. They created a ton of chances and played very well together. The Jets' goals were scored by Brandon Tanev and our next interview subject, Brian Little. Brian, can you kind of explain what didn't go right for your club out there tonight? Um, 
I thought five on five, we played a decent game. We had some chances. Uh, they might have been a little quicker to us to lose pucks tonight. Um, but I think the, the big thing is the special teams. Uh, it's kind of the first game of the, the preseason uh, where we had an off night, yeah. giving up those uh, shorthanded goals. And, um, you know, the power play wasn't quite clicking and our PK wasn't quite as good as it, as, as it was. So, um, yeah, it was just, uh, just an off night. Anything specifically when you look at the power play that was working that, that you couldn't get to go tonight for you? Um, honestly, I thought when we had it set up, um, we had some good looks and we were moving the puck real well. Uh, but, I mean, you can't say you had a good night when you give up shorthanded goals like that. Um, you know, that was kind of the, the nail in the coffin in the third period. So uh, we had good puck movement. Um, you know, like I said, it had some good good looks, good chances on it, but... Uh, you can't give up those short angles. That's Brian Little from the Winnipeg Jets. He got a late one at 15:52 of the third final goal of the game. Was that him that had it off the glove too? I think it was. Yes, it was. It was. It's funny the Jets. The the number of times the team put the each team put the puck in the other team's net tonight was actually 5-5. <laughs> the Jets had a goal that went in about a second after the first period siren. Dustin Bufflin shot it in after the whistle when Jonas Gustafson lost his skate blade. And I should mention, uh, Chris King from the NHL Department of Hockey Ops was at the game tonight, former Winnipeg Jet. He's going to play in the Heritage Classic alumni game in a couple of weeks. I went and talked to him about it, and he said, you know, the referee has his discretion to blow the whistle whenever there's an injury concern. He saw Gustafson down awkwardly trying to get up without a skate blade. There's a skate blade line on the ice. It blew the me, there wasn't much argument from the Jets. I don't, no, I don't to think. me, to me, it's simple. There, this is a, a meaningless game when it comes to win loss for either team. There's no reason for a player to get injured because of a type of uh, equipment malfunction. I thought the referee made the right choice. And uh, then I believe it was Little. I think I wrote it down, actually. Yeah, Little uh, put the puck in the net with just under a minute left, diving, and they ruled that he punched it in with his glove. And there's actually no video review. No, I mean, it, to me, it, it might have hit his glove. It might have hit his stick. He did make a punching uh, kind of push forward with his hand. Uh, again, it didn't really matter since the game was out of hand at that point. McDavid, two goals. The Oilers had two power play goals, two shorthanded goals, and they beat the Jets 5-2. More coverage on the Oilers on 630Ched.com slash Oilers. Rob, great night. I'll see you Saturday. Sounds good. That's our next broadcast. 5.30 face-off show, 7 o'clock for the drop of the puck. Final preseason game. It's at Rogers Place. Oilers against Vancouver. Thanks to our studio producer tonight, Kellen Kennedy. Our engineer here at Rogers Place, Troy Bowler. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. This has been Overtime Open Line, presented by the Canadian Brewhouse from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre. Oilers win 5-2. Have a great night.